Get yourself a tub of ice cream, a JR jersey, and have yourself a good night. <laughs> and some Hennessy. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome in. It is July 5th. Um, we are talking basketball today, all things uh, free agency, specifically one man in particular. Um, the news hit hard the second uh, free agency began. I would say the new uh, LeBron did not waste any time in declaring the Lakers as his next team to join. Joining me in on a lovely afternoon um, is Matt Porfockery, a good friend of mine. How's it going? It was going pretty well uh, after we got that LeBron news. Uh as of right now, I'm pretty pretty just sitting here right now. I don't really have any great feelings coming out of me from the NBA. I just think there's so there's a lot to talk about. I think this is a seismic move in the NBA. It's there's a lot of things we need to discuss. So first of all, let's just talk about the contract and we'll jump right in here. The contract is 4 years, 153 million, that fourth year being a player option. It's the longest deal and I think this is very important. It's the longest deal since a six-year deal with the Miami Heat in 2010. So, uh, after that deal, he's only taken one and ones with the Cavs. Um, and it's the longest deal he's ever taken with Dan Gilbert as the owner. Um, that deal was three years. So I think it's that's a very important because what we've seen so far from LeBron is that A, he doesn't trust Dan Gilbert because he's only given him one-year contracts. And B, he's more trustworthy of the Heat uh, and Matt Riley in a totally new organization and the Lakers and Magic Johnson in a team that has a lot to rebuild than he ever was when, with the Cavs. And I think that's very important. I think uh, you always got to take into account here with LeBron. He's an Ohio guy. He's an Akron guy. Ohio always, I feel like, kind of was the the place his heart was at. And I think that a lot of times, and in fact, I'd say most of the time he's been there, it hasn't been the logical choice in terms of going and winning championships. And I think that this contract is indicative of anything is that he thinks that in the next four years, he has a good chance to be able to solidify some of those championships. Um, and I think that it's also important to note that these four years are arguably uh, going to be the majority of the rest of the time that LeBron is even in the league. Uh, so you got to think about that this is probably the last place that LeBron will be playing basketball in the NBA. Well, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, we're talking about one of the best players, if not second best player in the entire uh, league to go to the number one franchise in terms of brand across the globe. It's a seismic move, uh, like I already said. He, but like you said, it might be his last deal. I mean, the, the man's 33 years old going to be 34 after this deal he might be 37 38 years old depending on if he opts into that con uh, that last year and by then it's hard to imagine he won't have a significant drop off in production and i i honestly think that you know you, you know he could have gone to philly he could have gone to boston but i i think it's been said a couple times that this is a global move this is a move for lebron to solidify himself as the face of the nba for not only the next four years but the foreseeable future and i think that with him moving there you got us la is a very desirable place to be and i think that the biggest thing for him in free agency is to look for a team that is somewhat 
or can be somewhat competent without him. You see him in Cleveland, and there's literally no other supporting pieces that that could have got it done without him. And I think that um, a third of the games, that's that's what they need. L.A., without LeBron, needs to supply a, th- a third of the games, wins without significant LeBron help. And I think that they will easily get into the playoffs and probably further than that. So let's talk about the Lakers team now and kind of what their chances look like in this Western Conference, which is absolutely stacked now, by the way, but we'll get into that. So they've added so far Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson. Um, they renounced the rights to Julius Randle, and he's since signed with the Pelicans. Isaiah Thomas is a free agent. There's rumors he might sign with the Magic. Um, but this kind of begs into question, what exactly are they trying to do to build around LeBron? Ever since LeBron joined the Heat, all we've seen from him in order to succeed, in order for him to win championships, is to surround him with three-point shooters, um, Mike Miller, Ray Allen, you know, any, you know, anybody that can shoot well is perfect for LeBron's system because that way he can just drive it to the hole, dump to the pick and roller, or just dump it for a or just kick it out for a three. He needs guys that can shoot. So <laughs> It kind of begs the question why they felt the need to sign all these guys. I mean, Lonzo can't shoot. JaVale can't shoot. Rondo can't shoot. Lance Stevenson can't shoot. Um, they really only have one shooter, uh, I would say, in K- KCP who can really dr- knock down the three. So, you know, in terms of what LeBron usually likes to roll with, um, I think uh, this is not that. Yeah, I think that's important to note. I mean, LeBron is always a take it to the rim or dish it out kind of guy, you know, and he's a very good supporting character, not only being, you know, the forefront of the team, but also giving others opportunities to to shine. And that's where you see him, you know, getting this Cleveland team of last year to um, the finals is just because he's been able to include everyone whenever they're hot and uh, in a sense have to take up the the mantle whenever he's had to and, and keep the ball. But I think it's important to note it's not over yet. And you were just saying, you know, there's a couple guys that are still free agents. And I think Kawhi is still a very large possibility to land. Um, and I think that that shakes it up uh, in terms of the composition of that team greatly if they can swing him. And I think at this point he'd even be leaning towards uh, LA. I think he was say it was said that he was leaning more towards there than any other team. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi ends up there. But I do agree with you. I think that there maybe needs to be a couple more shooting pieces uh, added to this team uh, before free agency ends. And uh, I'm curious to see what those may be. I agree. So really quick, we'll go over the roster and kind of the depth chart here. At point guard, they got Lonzo Ball and Rajon Rondo. Shooting guard, they got Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, a.k.a. KCP. Lance Stevenson, Josh Hart, small forward, they got LeBron James, Luau Dang, Brandon Ingram. Power forward, they got Kyle Kuzma, Channing Fry, a little familiar face there for LeBron. Um, center, JaVale McGee and Brooke Lopez. Uh, the key one that stands out to me there is you have Rajon Rondo, who can get as many assists as anyone on a night-to-night basis. Um, you got LeBron James, who is pretty much a point guard half the time he's out on the floor, if not more. With all the drama they've gotten from LeVar Ball and the Ball family, it really begs the question, do they need Lonzo Ball anymore? Honestly, I've never been a huge fan of the Balls in terms of uh, the way they've gone about marketing themselves as this like brand rather than 
uh, a team of very talented players. Now, I honestly think that with it being LA and being the large market that it is, you kind of do attract that type of personality. Um, however, I do think with the addition of Rondo, you were very right by thinking, you know, Lonzo's got to take the back seat on on Rajon Rondo. Okay, I mean he's been he's been around the league quite a bit, and he has proven everywhere he's gone that he is that uh, maestro, if you will, in terms of dishing out and, like you said, getting assists and moving the ball around and and, and orchestrating um, every play or every drive that you have. So I honestly don't think there's really a space for. Uh, the balls, <laughs> and yeah. I and I say that purposefully because you're not you're not just getting one without the father. So, you know, and it's very interesting. Uh, shortly after LeBron James declared LA as his next choice, some a little bit of news leaks out, and I think it's a lot of little bit of news. And it's that Lonzo Ball has a torn meniscus. Um, it kind of just snuck out there. It was very odd. Um, but it kind of, I think the, if you kind of think about why that would come out, I mean, Lonzo is probably one of the first pieces in any trade negotiations with the Spurs for Kawhi. Not many teams want to trade for an injured player. And you, it might have been, you know, just kind of thinking about it. It's pretty easy to imagine that the, the Ball family leaked this out so that way the Lakers wouldn't be able to trade him away because no one wants damaged goods. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Me either. So you talked about you think they'll make the playoffs go a little further. Let's just really quick talk about the teams in the Western Conference now because it is absolutely stacked. I feel like it's pretty easy to say the Warriors and Rockets are one and two respectively. I think the Thunder will have a much better season now that they've had a year under their belts together. Um, they still have a lot of talent, and I think that they could push that three seed. At four, um, you could argue for a lot of teams. You could argue the Timberwolves. You could argue the Pelicans with Anthony Davis. Uh, that's probably who I'd put there. Um, and then, you know, probably round five is when you think the Lakers might end up, um, which is crazy. I mean, we're talking about LeBron James, still the best player in the league, and he's probably going to be a five seed. Um, and then you still got the Jazz, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Clippers are going to be even better next year now with the signing of Avery Bradley. You got the Trailblazers still with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Now you got the Dallas Mavericks, who got DeAndre Jordan, and they already have some good pieces. So we're talking at least 12 capable teams in the Western Con. They're really the only teams that you can go ahead and count out are the Suns and the Kings. And that's just about it. Oh, there's a lot of good, you know, LeBron, we always wondered if LeBron would ever come out to the Western Conference. Well, he's going to find out what that feeling is like uh, this up- upcoming season. I think this is the first year in a little bit that LeBron's uh, LeBron's playoffs hopes are still hopeful, but definitely it's going to be a, a a lot tougher of a road to get there. And I think that with the playoffs in mind, seeding very much matters this year in the West. I mean, I know everyone's given Golden State the shoe in already for the finals this next year, but I got to say, the road to that finals is more unclear in the West than it has been in the past several years because seeding very much matters. You can have you can have this LeBron and Warriors matchup early on in the playoffs and get that out of the way, and the East is now 
anyone's for the taking. When I say anyone's, you know, that's between, you know, Boston or Toronto or uh, Philly pretty much, but the, the big three over there. But with that being said, I still think that makes it a lot more interesting in the West during the regular season. And then the East also uh, in the playoffs, at least it's a little bit more of a up for grabs, if you will, with LeBron not being over there. Thinking about yeah, like like I said, there's only going to be three teams that are probably not going to win a lot of games: the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Sacramento Kings. Outside of that, I mean, how like how high do you even think the Lakers can even get? I think that the expectations in LA are much different than they are in Cleveland. I think that when it's almost weird because when LeBron won that championship in Cleveland, his debt to them, his the expectations out of him were met. And everything above and beyond that was just LeBron being LeBron. Absolutely. And not to, and, and I will say that he probably played harder this last year than he has any other year before that. But the expectation in LA is not to win a championship and then be done. The expectation is LA is year in and year out to be a contender, not only in the playoffs, but also to be a championship contender. And I think that with that being said, and LeBron being literally in the biggest limelight of the NBA – I think he'll rise to the occasion, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see L.A. go farther than you would normally see them go, at least with the roster that they had last year. You'll see a big jump, obviously, with uh, the best player in the NBA, arguably, of all time. Yeah, and I guess you know we should probably definitely talk a little more about the Kawhi Leonard uh, potential trade. Uh, supposedly, the Spurs want everything. They want two first-round picks. They want two pick swaps. They want, I believe it's Lonzo and uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think maybe even Ingram, like they want the whole house and the Lakers are not going to come anywhere close to that with the deal. So the talks have since stalled mostly just because of how much the Spurs asking price is. And I guess I can't blame them. This is their franchise player. This is the player that was supposed to succeed Tim Duncan. He was, but he is, and is supposed to be the future of the franchise. So I guess I can't blame them for asking that, but it leaves them in a terrible spot should they not get anything back for him and he walks in a year and it can get really it can it can get really ugly uh this upcoming season if Kawhi uh decides to sit out if he decides to uh, to still claim he's injured uh whatever happens it could get really nasty um their lawyers can get involved it can get really ugly listen I was pretty much looking at Kawhi as almost as close as you can be to a free agent without actually being a free agent this year, just because of the way it went between him and the San Antonio Spurs organization as a whole. I mean, if he's going to be around this year, I don't really know. I agree with you. I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't, if he's not invested in it, there's no, you're holding a guy against his will at some point, you know, and, and he's not going to be kicking and screaming. He's just not going to play for you very well or not very much or act like he's injured or whatever it is. But I think the San Antonio Spurs are kind of in a weird position that they have kind of become a little bit more youthful in the last couple of years. And I think that they're kind of almost in a rebuilding stage very soon. And I think that they're kind of grasping onto Kawhi, like the last piece of what was a great dynasty that lasted as long as it did. But at some point, you got to cut the ties. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I think all this talk around Kawhi maybe going to L.A. helps them a lot because it puts them in a position where they know that people want that the next super team is waiting to happen and, and Kawhi is that last piece. But I, I don't know. I think at some point, you, it's more harm to yourself to just hold on to a guy that doesn't want to be there. 
Yeah. And really quick, um, you know, I think a large part of this is we saw the Spurs beat, you know, be up 27 on the Warriors in game one before Kawhi goes down. We still have 90% of that same roster that they put out there. That's that, that game showed the Spurs that they could in a vacuum, you know, take away all this that happened that the Spurs have the current talent, the current coaching, the current style of play to match up with the Warriors, at least, at least for a couple games, which, hey, that's more than the the Cavaliers could ask for. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about Paul George and we're going to talk about the rest of the NBA. So don't go anywhere. And calling in uh, my good friend, Zach Miglich, uh, coming in to talk about uh the LeBron leaving his uh, beloved team, the Cavaliers. Um, how you doing, my friend? Uh, are you sad? Are you still in a crumpled ball? Um, how many tissues have you used? Uh, Joey, I'll be honest with you. I'm eating a lot of calories right now. Still trying to swallow down the pain. Um, while it hurts, though, I have to say, he brought us the championship. He fulfilled his promise. So it doesn't hurt nearly as bad as the first time he left. Um, that being said, I think he, he did what he came to do. I wanted, to, I wanted to see him retire. I think he is selling out again somewhat by going to L.A., but I can't be overly difficult. Not as many tears have been shed. Especially as, uh, especially after the way uh, one J.R. Smith uh, performed during the finals. Those are the jerseys you'll need to start uh, burning over there, those J.R. jerseys. Get yourself a tub of ice cream, a JR jersey, and have yourself a good night. <laughs> and some Hennessy. With the July all over again, am I right? But, uh, yeah, I mean, to an extent, though, that's also kind of LeBron's fault for bringing JR in, his boy. You know, I mean, what can you do? Now Now he's the face of the franchise. You truly yeah. are mourning right now, aren't you? JR is LeBron's fault. You heard it here first. <laughs> who, who is that? Who is that boy? This is Matt. What do you think it is? <laughs> I always thought I liked you. <laughs> so, I, I I don't know. They're not. I don't think they'll go to the finals. Lakers aren't going to the finals this year. I mean, you can mark that down right now. Is he going to attract more people? Probably. Is he going to have a good time in LA? A hundred percent. But it's not. You always want it to be that fairy tale storybook ending where I mean, Cleveland's never going to have another guy that grows up in Akron you know, 30 minutes away from downtown Cleveland and wins us the championship. Like, that'll never happen again. And so that's what really hurts the most is it's this hometown guy everybody has a special connection to. And now it's just, what do we have now? I mean, we have, went down to the second worst odds to win the championship. You have uh, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and uh, the great Kevin Love. Uh, speaking of which, so what do you think the Cavs should do now uh, that LeBron has left. It's time to rebuild. Jump ship. Pull, pull a Boston. Trust the process. Trust the process. All right, yeah, Zach. Mean, Any... Those guys are going to get us what we need. All right. Well, um, we'll let you go. Uh, go ahead and uh, get some ice cream for us both. Uh, get some tissues. I recommend the Vicks uh, laced kind. Drink water. I know it's dehydrating to be crying so much. So, Thanks, guys. All right. All right. All right. See you later, Zach. See you guys. All right. That was that my good friend Zach Miglich, a uh morning Cavs fan. A soon to be Lakers fan, I imagine now, oh, right? Yeah. 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 They, it's it's they, easy they, to jump off yes, that boat. Yes. Um, he was probably a Heat fan too. 
you know, he could have said it right there. When you put the blame for JR on LeBron, you kind of hurt all your chances of just saying, oh, I'm a fan of LeBron now. He's a local man, and now he's going to L.A., and there's your justification right there. For there me. it is. So we got a few more minutes, and then we'll get out of here. Um, really quick, I think we should talk about Paul George. Um, his deal, four years, $137 million. Last year is also an option. It's very interesting, A, that he made the decision before LeBron even made his decision. Joey, I'm sitting here grinning from ear to ear right now. I, with some with some slight connections to Oklahoma City here, this is great for the Oklahoma City Thunder, long term. And, and here's the thing, though, I think that everyone discounts this. Russ comes off as a very self centered, uh, egocentric player, but at the end of the day, he made an impression. Okay, he made an impression in this last year. Something that no one thought would happen. Everyone said this is a stepping stone to go to LA. Now think about this. Oklahoma City, one of as small a market as you can get, and you're pulling a great top 10 player to be staying here for four years, maybe five. That is just a great win for Oklahoma City as a small market team. Well, and he flew back from Hawaii just to hold this party. I think it was a good move. I mean, they... I guess they got him kind of liquored up and then uh, he made the, like the celebration or the, the announcement at the party. Um, but you know, then you, you kind of look at it from afar and just think, and also why four years, like that's a long commitment. Um, but then you dig a little more and find out that he can sign another max after that. And it essentially will become a seven year, $250 million contract. Um, now whether or not he can sign that max whether or not they'll give it to him in those many in that many years who knows but you're right the long-term prospects for both him and the thunder are very bright um so now just really quick okc roster you got russell westbrook andre roberson paul george carmelo stephen adams and then you also signed nerland's noel that's a pretty good roster there's that's kind of why i have them three and if they play well i mean they could sniff that two spot and beat out the Rockets, I think. I think the Thunder, uh, the one thing that they lacked last year, and they made a lot of moves in the offseason, is a little bit of synergy. You had a lot of great pieces last year. A lot. But they just you just kind of threw them into a bowl and just expected it to like make this really great mixture. No. It, it was still all of these very separate parts trying to work together on a team that, like you said, has a great potential. So you would hope that after that first year, they get a little bit of that synergy. You know, you got that long-term deal at least locked down. Uh, so you got two superstars for sure sticking around. Russ isn't going anywhere for nope. the next hour. I don't even know how long. He's not leaving. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you don't have to be sitting there worrying about getting your contract next year, right? There's no there's no pressure or exterior pressure, at least to that extent. And now they yeah, can just play basketball. Correct. You got all that out of the way. And, yes, you got a very competitive Western Conference, as we talked about earlier. But – I do think, like you said, they got a very talented roster. Contracts are out of the way. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, the, the ones who got to step up, Steven Adams needs to step up. I think the past two years, he's kind of been one of the more overpaid for his value type players. Um, he's kind of underperformed, I think, in some situations, especially during the regular season. And hopefully, if we see him blossom, I honestly think that the rest of it will kind of come. And the first step might be to buy out Carmelo Anthony, but that's a whole nother conversation. We're not talking about yet. <laughs> so before we end, one last thing I think we should talk about, and it's just in general, what is this massive 
gargantuan move mean for the NBA? Um, I think the NBA as a whole is going to make a lot of money this year because you have LeBron in the biggest branded shirt. Um, I think I think people are still going to watch the games. I and then I th- I still think people are going to watch you know the finals, but this it further increases a the east to west disparity, and I mean we haven't even really gone into the whole signing of Demarcus Cousins of the Warriors. Um, so I guess you know we'll leave that topic for another day. But the, we'll talk about the west to east disparity. Um, I mean. There's really only three, maybe four good teams in the, or I mean the East, excuse me, and like we said, about twelve teams in the West. So you got to be thinking about one thing here, and I think that the end game is still exactly the same as it was before. Unfortunately, uh, Golden State most likely will be at the top of the mountain at by the end of this season, and I do think that in the long run, the NBA still need has some work to do in terms of uh, getting some kind of competition coming from the other side of the country i agree and one last thing adam silver was already pro 16 c playoff i think this even makes that more of a possibility now all right matt we're going to get out of here um if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe to us on itunes at the bbb podcast on on twitter at the bbb pod for matt for joey see you later folks